Lieutenant General Andrew Graham, latterly of Director General, the Defence Academy of the United Kingdom. Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Seminar. The title of your talk was Command, Not a Dirty Word. Tell me a little bit about why you think military analogies do apply to the business world today. I think they apply most particularly because you have to look at the circumstances in which business, politics, non-governmental organisations and other organisations are having to conduct themselves on a sort of global, uh, fast-changing global world where uncertainty and surprise and pace of change and so on and so forth make life you know, particularly challenging for business. We're seeing that all the time. And my thought was that war is one of the most challenging of circumstances. It's a very human condition. It is intensely adversarial. The adversary certainly has a vote. It's full of surprises. It can be pretty bloody. There are casualties, literally. And, and the stakes are quite are, are high. And, and I thought, well, if that is a sort of crucible of testing character and command and leadership and management and so on and so forth, then maybe there are some things that could read across into the business world, which, albeit that they're not actually trying to as it were, kill or capture an adversary or, or whatever, they are still trying to make headway in some pretty tough conditions where command, decision-making, relationships, multifaceted organisations and so on and so forth are going to be you know, a, a factor and there seem to be some parallels. And an uncertain world is indeed a treacherous world for political leaders but also for businesses too because if societies aren't stable then you don't have stable markets. People become discontent and you referred to that discontent often. Yes and, and, and I think there is a relationship between those who create the conditions for business and education and the living of life to go on in a, in a, in a community and you might call those the defence, the security, the resilience, the intelligence forces. And, um, and, and, and those who are busy either delivering the governance social um, contract to the people or making money or manufacturing or conducting charitable work or whatever. You know, the one is that there is an interrelationship between the two. And if you were stabilizing a country, you would do the one in order to create the conditions to allow the others to thrive. We, you can't separate the two. Senior leaders and junior leaders. You made that distinction at your talk here tonight for the Cambridge Leadership Seminar and you said the MBA at the Cambridge Judge Business School would be pitched at the senior leader. I felt that they were making the step from being probably relatively junior tactical, more tactical, to being involved at the more senior level either as advisors or themselves in positions of senior responsibility. They're probably more likely to be involved in the decision-making process of others, supporting others, being that important one-level-down follower to a, a more senior, what I would call, commander. And you know, they're going to have positions of responsibility. It is going to be more complicated. The answers are going to be slightly less straightforward. The information is not going to be quite so readily to hand, necessarily 70% rather than 100%. Objectives are going to be perhaps a little bit more blurred, much longer lasting. You know, it may not be clearly do this by that week, do that by that week. It might be, well, where are we at the end of the year and how have we done? So they will be involved in the, the sort of senior leadership environment rather than necessarily senior leaders themselves, unless they're put in that position.
And then we call that strategic thinking, don't yes. we? But, but you very much drew a line between leadership and management and leadership depending on a lot of different personal qualities mm. as well. Would you like to tell us how you see leaders and managers differing? Well, my own definition and something that I did with the Army Recruiting Training Division was, was leaders take people to places they wouldn't get to by themselves. Um, others have a definition that leaders, you know, leaders, commanders, uh, get people to do things that are completely, in a sense, abhorrent and counterintuitive to them, like get up in the face of enemy fire and advance into the teeth of the enemy. So leaders is a very sort of personal thing. Management, and I said it in the talk, is, seems to be a bit more of, of a science, a bit more of a allocation of resources to achieve objectives. And the two, to some extent, go hand in hand. But there is the, come on, you can do this, and there is, I have created the conditions and put the wherewithal in place so that it can be done. And I think the two are really quite different. Now, you, you talked about projection of personality and that being important, but the General Montgomery story was one of a senior le leader who, when he was woken up to be told there was trouble afoot, he went back to sleep and said, well, it, it was up to his subordinates to deal with that. And also in terms of the projection of personality, how leaders can turn defeat into victory. Mm. Do you really believe that? Well, I mean, I think the example of the, the defeat into victory answer is, is, is very clear. And I would also say that, you know, General Montgomery, Field Marshal Montgomery, was an extremely good leader. What he had done was set the conditions for Commander 3DIV in that particular case to fight a successful battle as part of a broader issue. The decisions being made in relation to what 3DIV were doing, the 3rd Division were doing, were very much those for the General Officer commanding the 3rd Division. If the General Officer commanding the 3rd Division had come up and said, Sir, I now need some assistance because I think I, I've now lost control of the situation or I need the things that you can do, that was a different thing. This was not the GOC ringing up to say, help me. This was the staff reporting to let him know that things were going on. So there is a difference. That the, the, the discussion commander to commander had not taken place. It was the staff saying, oh dear, something's happening and you might want to know. And he said, look, you'll tell me in the morning because he's dealing with it. I'm trusting him. He'll tell me when he has... A, so I think there is a nation of good command in that. And, and the defeat into victory, this really happened, didn't it? it did. Being actually having a vision that you are bound to be defeated and then through confidence, leadership and command, turning yes. your troops into a fighting brigade that gains victory. Yes. I mean, his analysis initially of the Corps when he took it over was six or seven things. You know, our intelligence was poor. The locals were not particularly helpful. We were not good at fighting in the jungle. The Japanese were better than us. And we were short of people. And then we were too widely dispersed. Some pretty brutal discussions. And so we set out to express the cause, which was we were going to bring the Japanese to battle at a place of our choosing, and we were going to defeat them. And then we were going to push them out of Burma. Then I had to make the organization structured, organized, led, inspired, supplied, administered, managed as well, so that it can achieve that vision I've set out. And he and his subordinates went out and said, this is what we're going to do. And he started at the back, the training camps. He, he removed a number of ineffectual leaders and put some really good people who were inspiring the spirit of we're going to win. He sent patrols out so that they had little successes. He did a variety of things which achieved, and you know, you could argue he wrote the book and so maybe but the end result is they recaptured Rangoon 
And finally, you ended by talking about qualities of leadership and command, such as spirit and inspiration, energy and a balanced mind. Do you think here in Cambridge, our MBAs may aspire to being senior command leaders, if you like, if they adopt those characteristics of a leader? Strategic leadership is about enduring success. It's not just about short-term and immediate success. Get rich slowly. Lieutenant General Andrew Graham, latterly Director General, Defence Academy of the United Kingdom, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Seminar today, Command, Not a Dirty Word. I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you very much indeed. I've really enjoyed it. It's been tremendous.